0: Hey guys, it's Scott. I just want to thank you for tuning into the Blue Ridge Church podcast. You know, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's inspiring to you, and I pray most of all it's going to help you on your faith journey. So enjoy today. Hey, it's good to see you. I want to welcome you again to Blue Ridge Church. Welcome to our online campus, Uh, those of you here. And if you're here for the first time, man, thank you so much for taking time out of your day uh, to be with us and to worship with us. So, Today we're finishing up a series that we've been in called I Promise. And what we've been doing is simply going into the Scripture and looking at several of the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of promises from God that uh, we deal with every day that impact our lives. And so if you are with us that first week, we talked about the promise of heaven, right? How heaven is a real place. It's a physical place where we live forever. And the beauty of what we learned was heaven's available to everyone. You know, God's desires that everyone has a relationship with him through his son. And then last week in week 2 Matt came and he shared with us how God guides us. How he guides us through his holy spirit. You know, if you do have a relationship with Christ and I know that's not everybody, but if you do, you know, that's the part that lives in us and he'll guide us through his holy spirit. He'll guide us through His Word, you know, the Bible. He guides us through His people. And then sometimes He guides us through our circumstances. And when all of those things start to line up, it's a pretty good indication this is the direction that God is trying to get us to go. And then uh, I just thought He did a great job with that. If you didn't get a chance to watch or listen to either one of those, and if you want to, they're available on our website. So as we finish up today, I want to look at what God promises about our future. And you may be thinking, well, you know, why do I need to worry about my future? Why do I care about my future? I can't control my future. Um, And that's all well and good, and that's all true. But we should be concerned with what God says about our future because every single moment from this moment forward is our future, right? We're in the present. The past is gone. Everything out in front of us has to do with our future. So we should want to know, okay, what does God say about this? What are some of the promises that I can cling to when I start to worry about the future or I start to fear the future? And I just want to put your mind at ease. Uh, We don't have to fear our future, right? God knows it all. God knows everything uh, from beginning to end. He knows every detail about your life, every decision, every thought, everything. So we don't have to worry about our future, but he does give us the the ability to prepare for it. Now, any given Sunday, if you want to follow along with our notes, obviously they'll be on the side screens in the auditorium. They'll be online as well. But if you want to follow our notes and have them on your phone, you can download the Church Center app onto your smartphone and then pick Blue Ridge Church, or you can simply scan one of the QR codes on the side screens, and they will bring up those notes for you as well. But here's our first learning today, God is never caught off guard. That's a promise of our future. God's never caught off guard by anything. He's not surprised. He's not taken back by something that happens. He knows everything. He knows everything about you. He knows everything about me. He knows what you're going to do in life, what you're going to say, every thought, every action in your life. That's a promise. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13 says this, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before His eyes, and He is the one to whom we are accountable. In other words, we don't have any secrets with God. Psalm 139 verse 16 says this, You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. The next thing we know about the future is that God's plans for our future are good, right? A familiar verse to a lot of you, maybe it's a a favorite memory verse. It's a verse we've covered, you know, half a dozen times during talks at this church, but Jeremiah 29, 11, God says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future. That's a promise of God. You know, plans that aren't going to harm us, plans to give us a hope and a future. That tells us God's thought way more about our future and planned it out than we've even thought about it. He knows every single detail of our life, every part of our life, so we don't have to fear it. And it should be in our best interest to know what God promises about our future because we don't want to miss it. We don't want to miss that plan and that purpose that he has for our life. But so many people live their entire lives and they get to the end and they miss that plan that God had for their life. And I think a lot of times that's because, first of all, of our own pride, right? We think we know better than God, my plan's better than God, I know better what direction I should go than than God does, but also we miss it because people don't take the time to actually try to figure out or even consider what God's plan is for their life. And and listen, whatever His plan is for your life, He's not going to force it on you. He's not going to say, you got to follow this this plan, right? Because we get free will. We get the ability to choose things in life. So God's not going to force it on us, but He wants us to choose His plan For our life. So just know you don't have to fear it. His plans for your future are good to prosper you and not to harm you and to give you hope. Every single day of our life, when it comes to God's plan and purpose for our life, we're making decisions, aren't we? We're making decisions that are impacting that plan, or we're either heading in that plan with these decisions or we're heading in this direction with these decisions. Here's what God says in the Old Testament, the book of Deuteronomy. Chapter 30, verse 19. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. And so I have to think, we got to ask ourselves that question. Do I want God's plan for my life? Do I want to be able to live life to the fullest by following God's plan? Or do I just want to lead a life that really doesn't go anywhere of any significance? Because we know God's plan for our life is going to lead us to a place of significance. Now, that verse also says the decisions that we make can impact future generations, right? That's kind of scary. That's a lot of pressure. And again, God wants us to choose His plan, and if we do, He's going to lead us every step of the way. If, if we really, truly want to follow God's plan, and that's what we're seeking, and we say, God, I want Your plan. I want Your purpose for my life. I'll do what You call me to do. He's going to show it to you. He's going to reveal it to us. He's not going hide to hide it from us. So one of the ways that he leads us in helping to figure out our purpose and our plan is he'll help us with the decisions that we have to make in life. Those really tough decisions, right? Should I move to this city or this town? Should I take this job? Should I marry this person? Should I get this treatment? Should I go to this school? Whatever it is, those big life-changing decisions or even the small decisions we make every single day, God says, I will lead you in those if you will lean on me. Problem is we face those decisions in life and then we just get stuck. We kind of get paralyzed. Oh, I, don't, I don't know if I should do this or do that. And, and sometimes we'll consult with other people, right? We'll talk to our friends. We'll talk to maybe a husband or a wife or a, you know, a parent or a child, right? But really, there's only one authority that we should have in our life if we're following God's plan, and that is God. Himself. And if we seek Him, the Scripture says we'll find Him. And He will lead us in all those decisions that we have to make. That's a promise of our future. Not only is our future good, but God's going to help us with our decisions. Look at Psalm 37, verse 23. It says, "'The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives.'" And maybe you ask, well, you know, why should I care? You know, why should I trust God? Look, God created you. He formed you. He gave you life on this earth. He sent his son to die for you. He loves you unconditionally. There's no way God is going to send you in a direction. If you're following him, he's not going to send you in the wrong direction. He's not going to send you in a direction that's going to be bad for your life. So learning number two, God wants the best for us. He really does. He wants the best for our life. He wants the best for our future. And he's completely reliable. He's completely trustworthy. See, God's got that perspective up here of our life. He's got a perspective of our life that we don't have, that we desperately need to have. And when we seek him, he's going to guide us in the direction he wants us to go. And I think one of the greatest ways that God guides us that Matt talked about last week was through His Word. When we know His Word and we're obedient to His Word, we do the things He asks us to do in life and we will be on the right path. That is one of the primary ways He directs us. So He's going to help us with those decisions. And a lot of times it'll be through His Word. Now, uh, some of the decisions we make can steer us off course right? Think about the temptations that we face. When we fall for those temptations in life and we fall into sin, that kind of puts us off of the path that God desires for us to be. Now, I guess it was three weeks ago we looked at temptation, right? We looked at uh, the temptations of Jesus and how Jesus handled those temptations and how did He handle them? Through His Word, right? Through God's Word, He was able to combat those temptations. It's going to be the same for us. Now, if there's any, uh, another negative, I guess, about temptation is the temptations that I face today are more than likely going to be the same temptations I face tomorrow, right? The temptations that I face today are going to be the same temptations five years from now that I'm going to struggle with because the scripture tells us that our temptations are similar. But God also says I'll provide you a way out. I'll provide you a way to overcome those temptations. And when we don't lean on God when we're tempted, often that's when we get in trouble, right? That's when we fall and we get off course and we have to get back on course again. Now, I know not everybody follows Christ. I know not everybody watching or here has a relationship with Christ. And if you don't keep asking questions, keep searching. But if you do have a relationship with Christ, what we tend to think is, oh, well, the longer I'm a Christian, the longer I follow Jesus, the less the temptations will be in my life. It doesn't work that way, right? Often what our enemy does, what Satan does, is he increases the temptations the closer we get to Christ, Think about it. He already hates your guts if you have a relationship with Christ because he's lost you for all of eternity, right? But then his next goal is to sidetrack you and get you off course from God's plan and God's purpose for your life. So often those temptations get stronger and more frequent the closer we get to Christ. And our tendency is to think, well, I'm such a bad person Right, I'm growing in my relationship with Christ, and now I'm being tempted even more, and I'm tempted to do this, and I'm tempted to do that. That's what Satan wants you to think, because what he's trying to do is is make you think you're all alone. Oh, Scott, you're the only one that struggles with this. You're the only one that deals with this. You're such a bad person, and what he's trying to do is isolate us from God, because if he can isolate us, we're not going to be effective in furthering God's kingdom. But the promise to us about our future is God says, "I will help you overcome those temptations." Look at First Corinthians 10:3. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. That means I experience them, you experience them. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, He will show you a way out so that you can endure. Again, Satan wants you to think you're all alone, but you're not. We face similar temptations. And the good news is, is if we face similar temptations, that means the solutions to those temptations are the same. The solutions we find in the Scripture are common. And we can overcome our temptations, and we can learn to do it t- together, right? We can talk about them. And I know you're thinking, there ain't no way I'm talking to somebody about you know, what tempts me, but there's power in that. You know, anytime, whether it's sin that we've fallen into or just temptation, and it's not a sin to be tempted, it's when we fall for that temptation. But if you bring that sin to the light, right? If you, if you present it or share it with somebody, then it has no more power. Right? When we try to keep our sin secret and we try to hide it and we try to cover it up, it just grows. But if you confess it to someone, you know, Scripture says confess your sins to one another, it exposes it and then it doesn't have any power. Satan has no more power over you because you've brought it to light. Hey, this is what I've done. Right? It's the same with temptation. Whether you talk to somebody, you know, a wife, a husband, a parent, a child, somebody you really trust a, a good friend and say hey this is what I struggle with could you pray about this again you brought it to the light and it's a lot easier to overcome it when we just try to keep it you know secret and hidden it only grows and it only gets stronger so just know that is is god's plan for our future is good he's going to help us with the decisions we have to make in life that are going to keep us on course with his plan for our life but he's also going to help us to overcome any temptations that we face in life. And we're going to face them. Jesus himself was tempted. Here's another promise about our future. Uh, God promises to be there and support us when we have trouble, when we have difficulty. And the truth is Jesus himself told us we will have trouble on this earth, right? John sixteen thirty three. I have told you all these things, so that in me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. So we're gonna have trials. We're gonna have difficulty. We're gonna have sorrows. We're gonna have tribulations. We're gonna have all kinds of trouble, right? Relationship trouble, you know, maybe physical trouble, mental trouble, financial trouble. But Jesus says, take heart. Because I'm going to be with you, I have overcome the world. When we lose our job, when we have to go through the pain of a divorce, when we lose a loved one, when we get a bad diagnosis, God says, I'll be there. Bad things are going to happen, but I'm going to be there with you. Psalm 50 verse 15 says, And call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will honor me. Here's another one, a favorite of some of you. Isaiah 43, verses two through three. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. That's a promise for our future. We're going to go through deep waters. We're going to go through rivers of difficulty. We're going to go through oppression in life. And what I want you to see in this verse is what it doesn't say. It doesn't say when you go through rivers of difficulty or you go through deep waters that the water is not going to be rough and choppy. It doesn't say the the water's not going to be at frigid temperatures, right? It doesn't say you're not going to get wet. You're going to get wet. It says you're not going to drown. We're going to go through rough waters, but we're not going to drown. And it says when we go through the fires of oppression, it doesn't mean we're not going to come out smelling like smoke, right? It doesn't mean it's not going to be really, really hot. He says you're not going to be burned up. And the takeaway from that is learning number three. The strength I need will come from God when I need it. The strength I need will come from God when I need it. In other words, he's not gonna give you the strength today for a problem you're gonna face three days from now. He's not gonna give you the strength today for a problem you're gonna face months or years from now. He's gonna give you the strength for today, today, that's it. You know, the Lord's Prayer says, you know, give us this day our daily bread. It's not just talking about nourishment, that's everything. He's going to give a, he only wants us to handle one day at a time. And whatever we need today, he's going to give us today. So he's going to be with us in times of difficulty. Here's another promise about our future. Maybe uh, this one will surprise you a little bit. But God promises to repay those who hurt us. Some of you are thinking, all right, now we're, now we're in it. This is the part I want to hear. How's God going to repay the people who have hurt me in my life? Because we've all been hurt, right? But God says that's for him to do. That's for him to repay. We're not to go out and try to get revenge on the people that have hurt us. We're not to try and, and retaliate against those people, or repay those people. God says, hey, Scott, that's my responsibility. Look at Romans 12, 19. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Do you ever look at things in life and think, man, that's just not fair? Like what's going on in Israel. Whether they look, people live in Gaza or they live in Israel, the innocent people, the ones with families, the ones with friends who wanted nothing of, of what's going on. And you look at that and you're like, that's not fair. Or what has happened for over a year in Russia and Ukraine, you're like, what, what about those innocent people that didn't want this? It's not fair. Or you see somebody that's homeless on, on the street or a friend of yours that you know is financially destitute, and you're like, man, it's just not fair, and it breaks your heart. You know, God didn't say that life was going to be fair, right? Sometimes bad people get ahead. Sometimes evil people win out. And sometimes innocent people get hurt, and innocent people get sick, and innocent people lose their life. And some people say, well, why doesn't God just take that away? You know, why doesn't he just do away with all evil? And he could. He'd probably have to start with you, right? But he could, or he'd start with me. But he'd also have to take away our freedom to choose, our free will, which is a gift from God. He doesn't force his agenda on us. He gives us free will, and he allows us to choose, either to follow him or not to follow him, to accept Christ or not to accept Christ. So if he took away our ability to do evil, he'd have to take away our ability to do good as well. He could do that. But people say, well, where is God when all this bad stuff happens? Where was God when, you know, this terrorist organization attacked Israel and all these innocent people were killed? Where was God when when I lost my dad or my mom? Where was God when my child got sick or when I lost my job? And he was right there. He's with us everywhere we go. We looked uh, several weeks ago at how Jesus cried, how he wept at the death, the physical death of his friend Lazarus. He was right there with the family. And he's right there with us, comforting us all the time in the midst of our trouble. That is a promise of our future. The the fact of life is we hurt people. I've hurt people. You've hurt people. We've all done bad things to people. But in our pain, our suffering, the stuff we're going through, God is with us. He's promised to never leave our side. So learning number four, God knows all of our hurts and walks through them with us. Psalm 56, verse 8, you keep track of all my sorrows. You've collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. That's how much our good and gracious Heavenly Father loves us. And God is a God of love. But because He's a God of love, He's also a God of justice, right? He is going to right all the wrongs. So for a lot of us, for those people that have hurt us In life, God says, hey, you got to trust me on this. I will get revenge. I'll handle this. I will administer the justice. You don't need to do that. I can administer justice a lot better than you can. Some of us are still allowing people that hurt us five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago to hurt us. Listen, the only way someone can continue to hurt us over and over again is if we hang on to that past hurt and we don't truly turn that over to God. That's in the past, and he promises he'll repay. Some of you, that's all you needed to hear today, and you just need to trust God at his word that he's the judge and he's the dispenser of revenge. Another promise about our future, God promises to reward our service and our generosity. A goal of our life, once we have a relationship with Christ, a goal of our life should be to become more and more like Christ every day, right? To live like Christ, to act like Christ, to give like Christ, to serve like Christ, to love like Christ, to humble ourselves like Christ. You know, if you could only use one word to describe Christ, a great word would be unselfish. Jesus was incredibly unselfish. And so the goal of our life should be to become unselfish like Jesus was. That's becoming like Christ. To be unselfish is to love, right? To be unselfish is to serve, and to be unselfish is to be humble, and to be unselfish is to give, and to be unselfish is to pray and to care for others. So learning number five, God wants me to become like Jesus. Bottom line, when you become a Christian, That's probably one of the most important things you can remember. God wants me to become like Christ. So I need to learn about Christ and I need to become like him. Will you ever get just like Christ? No. But our character starts to change day by day as we follow Jesus. Mark 10.45 says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Two key words in that passage, serve and give, serving and giving. Those two words really describe what it means to follow Christ, doesn't it? it they, they describe what serving and giving like Christ, it means. It's complete love. Christ-like love, when we have Christ-like love, it means we sacrifice for the sake of other people, right? Love means I'm going to make your problem my problem. Love means I'm going to serve your needs and not just my own needs. Problem is we misunderstand what love is. Love is giving our life away for the kingdom of God, giving our life away for the sake of others so they can know who Jesus is, right? God's wired the universe in such a way that it, life doesn't make a lot of sense until we learn to start giving our life away for the sake of others, for the sake of God's kingdom, for the sake of them knowing Christ. And one day, we're all gonna stand before God and to he says, hey, Scott, what, what did you do with what I gave you? Did you help people to discover who I am? That's why I never make an apology, you know, for encouraging people to, to do all they can for the kingdom of God, right? For people to find and follow Jesus to serve to give, to pray to invest to invite to to serve others, so on a Sunday, it amazes me how many people you know it takes to even have church, but on a Sunday when you 're out in the parking lot and you're parking cars and you're like, well this isn't doing anything you're making a difference for the kingdom of God, or when you serve in the kids area or you pour a hot cup of coffee or you give so the electric bill can be paid or a well can be built in Bangladesh. You know, when you pray for your friends and you sit with your friends and invite them to church, all those things have eternal implications, don't they? We're either every day helping people to find Christ or we're kind of pushing people in the opposite direction of Christ. And God says, those things you do for my kingdom, I'm going to reward you. That's a promise of our future. And we don't do those things so we'll be rewarded. It's not like work. We go to work so we get a paycheck, right? We want to be rewarded with money so we can pay our bills. But we do those things that Christ calls us to do because of what he did for us. Right? The fact that he died on a cross for us and he forgave us of our sins and he gave us eternal life. That's a promise of our future. God will reward us for that. One more promise about our future. God promises to keep me saved until heaven. God promises to keep me saved until heaven. Well, what what do you even mean by that, Scott? What are you talking about? I mean, our faith in Christ. If you have a relationship with Christ, your faith in Christ is secure forever. Because once we put our trust in Christ and we start to follow him, he's in charge. He's the one leading. He's the one watching over us. He's the one guiding us. So many people think that at any given moment, they could lose their salvation. And what a miserable existence that would be, thinking that any given moment, I could sin, I could mess up, and I could lose my salvation. That's not what Jesus says. That puts it back to a works-based system. And the Scripture clearly says it's not by works, it's by God's grace, it's by our faith in Christ that saves us. Listen to what Jesus himself said, John 10, 28. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. So that means eternal life and forgiveness of sins and salvation. It's a gift. It's a gift that Jesus gives us when we invite him into our life, and he doesn't take it back. Now, are there times we can walk away and struggle and sin and get into these dark places? Of course, but he's still there. God is faithful. He's still holding us. Once we're born again, it's not like we can be unborn again. Right? Once your name is written in the eternal book of life, you know what it's written in? It's written in Christ's blood. You can't erase that. Once I'm saved by the grace of Jesus Christ, I'm always saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. That is good news, isn't it? That's not good news. That's great news. None of us know what the future holds. We could lose everything from a worldly perspective. We could lose our health. We could lose our financial status. We could lose our family. We could lose our spouse. We could lose our mind, but we can't lose our salvation. I love 2 Timothy 2.13, and I'll close with this. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny who he is. Listen, I can be unfaithful. You can be unfaithful. God will never be unfaithful to us. That's how much our heavenly Father loves us. That's how much he loves me. That's how much he loves you. He cannot be unfaithful. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much First of all, God, that you are in control, that nothing is hidden from your eyes. What's going on in the Middle East, what's going on in in Russia and Ukraine, what's going on in our individual lives, you are fully aware of. And you don't just understand it, God, you walk through it with us. Lord, help us to truly cling to these promises of our future as we go forward from today. Help us to remember that your plans for our future are not to harm us, but to prosper us, to give us a hope. And that, God, you'll be with us in those decisions that we make. That knowing we want to know what your plan and purpose is for our life, that you'll help us overcome the temptations we have, that you'll be with us through the trials and the tribulations and the deep waters of our lives that you're the God of justice and love, that you will repay those who've done us wrong and have hurt us. You'll also forgive us when we hurt people. And God, that you'll reward our service and our generosity in heaven. And God, thank you that our salvation in you is secure. Lord, what you did on the cross for us was done once and for all. And once we have you in our life, nobody can snatch us away. Maybe you're watching from home or you're here as we're praying and you've never said yes to Jesus. Maybe somebody told you you had to do certain things or act a certain way or stop doing things. Jesus says, no, just come to me. All of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I'll give you rest. He wants us to come to him just the way we are, wherever we're at in life. Doesn't matter our past, doesn't matter what we've done or said. He wants a relationship with us, but it's our choice. So let me encourage you, if you've never invited Jesus into your life, open your heart to him today. Lord, thank you for these people. Thank you for our church. Thank you for everything you do in and through our lives. We love you. Amen. As we finish up, just real quick, if you fill out one of those electronic connection cards, you can get it through the Church Center app or that QR code. If you have prayer requests, let us know those. If you need more information on the church, you can let us know that as well. If you came uh, today uh, prepared to to give back, you can do that online or through that church center app with the black boxes in the back. Now, if you have kids, if you have grandkids, or you're just a big kid yourself, tonight from 6 to 8 is Trunk or Treat. The weather looks absolutely incredible, record high temperature. Wednesday's not looking so good, so don't look at the future forecast. But from six to eight tonight, we have trunk retreat. It'll be set up on the sides of the building, in the back of the building, and you'll be able to park in the front. I encourage you, uh, if you're looking for some fun and some festivities, come join us tonight. Thank you again so much for your time today. I hope you have a terrific week, and I hope you'll come back and see us next week. God bless you guys.